tools are amazing. So we're observing consciousness, and today we're back with Dana to do a little interview specifically about her, her modalities, um, what she brings to the table, what she's offering. And we brought Alethea, one of her best friends, to help with the interview process just to pull some more memories out and uh, elicit things that I may not know about her. And uh, before we jump into the interview side of things, we want to pull a tarot card, and I think Alethea yeah. is going to do the honors. We're pulling from the Crow Tarot. The Crow Tarot, brand new deck that uh, yeah. I actually got for my birthday, and I have not messed with it. I don't know very much about tarot. I'd actually want to... And I asked Alethea if she would please pull us a card for today from this brand new tarot deck that DJ just got. So. We got the Ace of Wands. Woo! <laughs> I'm going to say we're off to a really good start. How's that feel, DJ? Ace of Wands. I love it. Tell, tell us it feels it. abundant to me. Like you have the magic, you have the magic wand. Yeah. Well, it's talking about fresh new starts, oh. which is you know, kind of what everybody's feeling right now. It's what we're doing right here. Yes. Um, blooming spring flowers, um, floating through the air, white feathers, bringing the message that the Ace of Wands represents a new beginning that's divinely guided. Divinely guided. <laughs> I'm going to say that was the perfect card for today that we just pulled, as was the card we pulled for the first episode, which was also yeah, new beginning. Awesome. So, and the second time we pulled another card. We have another new beginning, fresh start, one energy, which is perfect because we were all really tuning into those 11s yesterday and those one energies. It really makes me realize that this this podcast is not my idea at all. No, <laughs> like it's, you got nothing like, to do with it. <laughs> the, message, the message was to do a podcast. I had no idea what to do the podcast about, so I buy the equipment, and I, I mentioned this before, I buy the equipment and then put it away for a few years, and now we're doing it, and this card is divinely, what did it say? Divinely, divinely guided. guided. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So Wow. Uh, Dana, tell us a little bit about what life was like before you got into healing and where you're at now. Okay, so life before that, um, you know, of course was so, 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 so many things. Lives, the, lives before yes, that. The lives upon <laughs> lives, lives upon lives, yeah. upon lives. But to cut to, cut to, I was, I was, more focused on singing and dancing and acting. When I was really little, I always wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to act. I wanted to dance. Love dancing. Love that whole world. So that was like my world forever. And Dana was like a total rock star. Is is a total rock star. I'm sorry, that's not over. It's never. (laughs) You know, if it's it's like you come in as this soul with so much, with so many gifts. I feel like you worked on in the past. You know, and like we talk about many lives and karma. Like we all believe in that. You know, maybe some of you all believe in that too. I'm sure if you're listening, you probably do. But um, you know, you just come in with so much. It's almost like. You're just filled with this creativity. So I was filled with this creativity of singing and dancing and whatnot. And then, so I I was a showgirl for a while when I was 18. Like my whole goal was to be a Las Vegas showgirl. I basically grew up here. We moved around when I was little for a while. We came back and I was so happy to come back here because I knew that's what I wanted to do. I was like, oh great, we're back in Vegas. Now I can be a showgirl just like I always wanted. And you know, I sucked. 
failed miserably at my first audition. It was like the worst thing ever and I like froze. Like this thing would happen to me my whole life with my creativity and my dancing would not like, especially dancing where I would just freeze. Like I would just, it was weird. It was like I would check out. Like I would just go somewhere. I, I would like disassociate, I think. Or And I also think though part of me was still on the other side a lot of the times. And I didn't know how to navigate between part of me being connected to my star family, part of me dissociating from this human experience that had already felt really traumatic to me during my childhood. And so um, so that was always going on. So my first audition was horrible. And then I thought, oh my God, I'm never gonna be able to do this. Like I worked my whole life to do this and I failed miserably. I'm never, like it was so messed up for me. But um, another audition came up and my mom helped me. She's like, you know, like I had to learn to ice skate in one night to do this audition and get it. And she's like, you can do it. And we went, we bought ice skates, we tried ice skating. And the first one I didn't do good at, but then the second time I tried again, I tried harder with this ice skating and then they took me and I was like, oh my gosh, I can, like I can. And so that was like a big, it was just like being able to start to realize a dream was such a big thing for me more than anything else. But at the same time, I was experimenting with drugs and I was, I also had this whole like shadow side that mm -hmm. was so deep um, that probably the fulfillment and enjoyment of, of doing that was, was kind of, you know, it was what it was. It was, it was weird. But so anyway, so I did that for a while. I was a show where I was in um, City Lights, I was in Jubilee at Valleys and I was in Splash at the Riviera and um, did you feel like once you got accepted into it <clears throat> then like the doors were open and your performance like could come out because you knew that you could or did it take a while to like become really confident on stage and everything it did feel it did it was weird it was like I, I think the action of going through it made me feel confident mm -hmm. the action of putting myself out there and being really super afraid that I was mm -hmm. gonna like not get the choreography or not be able to do the choreography or forget the choreography, which you know would still only happen to me one time. But um, I was almost fighting against myself too. Always. <laughs> like I was battling myself and I had like a whole battle going on and I was really young. So it was like such a win, and at the same time, it was this huge, weird, internal battle. And um, at one point, um, I finally made my way to Splash, and it got so dark for me, I had to go, I had to just go to God. And I said, God. What was dark? Um, just the, the, the internal battle and substance abuse and things like that that I was experimenting with at that time, like looking, looking for love in all the wrong place, right? Well, you know? they say like um, with creativity that rests like in your sacral chakra area and that's like also involves like sex and, and things like that. Yeah. So when the doors are open for creativity, a lot of times there comes in like a lot of partying and a lot of crazy stuff. Right. Lo but, lots of shows are like that. Right. Know? They are. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of artists that mm -hmm. we get drawn into that and um, and a lot of people in general. You know, a lot of it, I felt like a lot of it was somehow coping too. You know, there was mm -hmm. all sorts of going on. 
And, uh, and being in Vegas. Yeah. And, <laughs> and fascinatingly, so we should probably fill some people in. Like, so Alethea is very involved in the in the arts and uh, performing arts. Yeah. So you you have a, a horse show. Mm -hmm. Fill people in a little bit about. Yeah, so, Gladi so Gladius. Guys, yeah. Gladius, the show is my horse show. It's acrobatic horse show. So we perform all over the country. I've been on tours with different shows. So I know how the acrobatic dancer, performer, musician life is. Yeah. <laughs> We're twin souls, so yeah. we mirror. So that's for sure. But anyway, so then I, I moved to um, Los Angeles, focused on acting, focused on doing music, and then I had some bands, and we played all over the Sunset Strip, the Whiskey, the Roxy, the Viper Room, Rainbow, like just everywhere. You were, singing, everywhere. you were singing or dancing? Singing, singing, yeah. I did some dancing in other places. Um, I did some acting. I wasn't the greatest with acting. I loved acting. I did so. I had some great moments with it, but I knew, I just kept feeling music and singing, mm -hmm. and that's like going back to being a little girl and just really, really loving to sing more than anything. And so, um, so, so yeah. So that's what I was really busy focused on for for many, many years. Probably up till like thirty, thirty one. So at yeah. 30, 31, you changed gears. Now, when did when did healing come into your life? Is that when when you changed gears from that, or was there some was there some uh, area where you were where you were shifting gears and trying to figure out what you wanted to do? Yes. Well, so like basically, my dad and mom were healers, and um, what what kind of healing? Well, my dad my my father was a physician, and he was a psychic physician. So like people would end up coming to him that they would get no answers anywhere mm -hmm. else and they would find their way to him and he would just know with his with his knowledge and his intuition and my mother was a nurse but she had she just had like powerful self-healing abilities like she was like oh i have appendicitis oh i'm gonna heal it with my mind and do whatever and she did like and i was like wow you know i didn't recognize that though being little i didn't recognize that at all but in my 20s um, I really, you know, I started getting some massage as a dancer, and then um, I was always interested in metaphysical. I always had books. My grandmother was an astrologer, and my mom was into metaphysics. I was always going to the psychic guy, like, my whole life. Like, I couldn't go to the psychic guy enough, like, you know, like, all that <laughs> stuff. Like, I was always attracted to it. And then I started receiving a lot of healing work in my 20s. I dated this chiropractor who was a sound healer. He invented, the, ended up inventing this amazing sound healing um, instrument. And but anyway, he he and I he would play gongs for me, and we we went to too much Palms. That's in Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. They have like epic healers out there, and I received like some amazing um, energy work out there, but. There was a Reiki session I received from this this woman. She was like a grandmother, and it was I. It was really my first experience with seeing actual energy, and she was lifting all this black off of me. I could just see all this stuff that had stuck to me, that I've been carrying around forever, not even realizing it, and it was just in me and my aura. And I saw her pulling it out, and I was like in tears, in tears, and I was like. It just blew me wide open. She gave me some watsu. She gave me some. Tri I had all had been receiving all of these modalities, which I loved, loved, loved. But I was still focusing on music to the point where I finally got to again the pinnacle, like with the dancing. Like, oh, I finally got into a show. This is like realizing that dream. So I finally get to this place with that where 
I'm about to be on this show called Rockstar in Excess in like 2005. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's that pinnacle moment again, like of seeing your dream coming into manifestation. And um, so that year, it, it really just kind of came into my lap. It fell into my lap, the whole thing. I mean, I had to work really hard at it. I had to like, you know, serious vocalists, serious working out, like prepping, 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 like taking it seriously, showing up as my best self. Like I was like, I'm showing up as my best self for this because I have been working on this basically for like seven, eight years, mm -hmm. like focused on that. So I'm like, wow, you know, this is, this is my opportunity. I'm thinking, right? Well, and it was an opportunity, but um, also that year, like my dad passed away at the beginning of the year and that was all that was a huge thing because I had seen it happen in a dream. Like all this psychic stuff was also happening. And, and so I'm like, wow, like that's what that, I'm starting to see all these things. And then I had like a pretty big breakup with a boyfriend that I kind of thought I was gonna marry. And he's this beautiful drummer. And you know, now he's, he's super successful and I'm happy for him, he's like all, but it was, it was like a really, it was a dark breakup. But, um, and then I get this show and <laughs> and then there's this stuff going on with that show that, you know, later on down the line to talk about, but I basically ended up being the first one kicked off of the show. And I was like, my worst nightmare just yeah. happened. <laughs> like, what just happened? And it was like, it just tripped me out. There was definitely politics involved. I will say that like with reality show stuff, mm -hmm. there's always politics oh, involved yeah. and they drag your history out through and they, you know, so there's a lot of stuff going on that not saying I wasn't like the best singer there by any means, but like there was so much politics involved. Those shows are rigged. <laughs> <laughs> there was so much. So, so, so here I find myself like, fucking first one kick and I'm like hold and at first I was like no I'm good I'm good with it because they have this psychologist mm -hmm. come out and talk to you to make sure wow. that you're good like and before you even go on the show you have to take this whole psychological test wow. like a very intense test to make sure that you can handle what what goes on mentally yeah wow. right it was very intense wow. yeah so she comes up to me and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. Like I had enough life skills at that point mm -hmm. and I had been in show business and you know, X, Y, and Z. So I was like, no, this is the breaks. <laughs> like, yeah. and you know, nothing's going to stop me from doing mm -hmm. whatever I'm meant to do. And I knew that. So I was like, no, I'm good. And she's like, okay. I'm like, okay. And I go home. And my friend was living with me, Christina, and um, she's like, dude, and I'm like, dude. <laughs> and then and then the way they edited it made me look, it, it just kind of made me look it bad in one way, and I was so embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Like, they pit me against this other girl, and it just was so embarrassing mm -hmm. that she hated me. And it was like, oh God, this couldn't have gone like worse, you know? Not what you expected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, damn it. Damn it, right? So then my whole world spirals down, down. And like, it was like, it was, but all this other stuff about myself too came up. Like all these other ways that I was being in my world also came up for me to where I was like, I was like, oh wow. Wow, I don't, like yeah, things. yeah, 
Yeah, I was like mm -hmm. this, and I and I I was able to cognize and uh, observe my consciousness at that time and go, wow, like um, this is teaching me something. Mm -hmm. This this experience is teaching me something. And I also had had a dream right before that show, and that was the dream, like you. Know, happening and I was like so you know this is a soul thing like you know this is way more than mm -hmm. and I knew that so but even still you got to go through it doesn't matter if you are watching it and going I know what's happening you're it's still happening do you think that that was like your higher self trying to prepare you for that in your dream I do yeah. I really do yeah. and that's been happening a lot more lately by the yeah. way like constantly the more I meditate the more we get together yeah. and we activate each other the more it's happening that kind of stuff that like yeah but um so so i went into the dark night of the soul like i went deep 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 into it so you, this is when you're like 31 now this is when i'm 31 and yeah. I'm, I'm going into this like dark night of the soul like hardcore i didn't knew i didn't know that's what it was but I got, I you know, I felt internally like I was at rock bottom. So this like, is like depression is what it feels yeah, like Yeah, like I couldn't even help it. It was so, and I was like, now I know why they bring the psychologist on. Yeah. Because in some way it is going to affect you. Mm -hmm. And they kind of know that. Um, mm -hmm. And so, but it's like, do you have the tools to help yourself through it? I think is also what mm -hmm. they want to know. Mm -hmm. And she could see that I did. And I ended up seeing her later at some point just to revisit with her because I thought she was really cool and mm -hmm. I respected her. So like, she, she could see that I had the tools and she stayed connected to me the whole time mm -hmm. um, through it when we had MySpace. <laughs> when we had MySpace. Throwback Thursday. That song was yeah. on your page. Yeah, well, we had good old fashioned MySpace. <laughs> So I hit the rock bottom. There's nowhere to go but up. She was a top five friend. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, yes, yes. Um, and I love laughing through it. So glad we can laugh through it, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, it's so important. And so, um, yeah, I hit that rock bottom where I was like, I just want to die, you know? I went and visited my mom and I was just laying in her front room thinking like, like, this feels like, you just want to die. Mm. And it was a soul death though. And again, I had another dream because then we go to my dad's funeral and I had this crazy dream that like I was running through these hills of fire and, and it felt like I died. And then I see my mom sitting on this bench and I'm over to her, but I'm just in spirit. But I put my hands on her and, and she knows that I'm there. And I'm like, how do you know? And she's like, the heat in your hands. It's the heat in your hands. And it was like so significant. But I wasn't thinking of doing anything like that at the time whatsoever. I was still in, in that rock star mode-ish and coming mm -hmm. out and off. So I had that dream like, and it scared me. I woke up like petrified I was going to die. I was like, oh my God, mom, I have this dream. I think I'm going to die. I think I'm going to die. And it's the night of my father's funeral at the same time. And I tuned into him and mm -hmm. his soul, got buried with him, felt his demons. Mm -hmm. So it was like his demons became my demons because mm -hmm. he is my blood. His demons became, so now I'm carrying both of our demons. And I, I, and I didn't know any of that, but I know it, but I saw it mm -hmm. and I kind of knew, but now I know. But so that, it was like soul death. And I knew the only way to go was through God. I just mm -hmm. knew it. I just knew it because I almost drowned when I was little. And 
no one was like knew I was in the pool and and I would just remember starting to like hover over myself and talking to God about it I was super calm and peaceful because I was just connected to spirit to yeah. source and I was like okay I'm good so I knew I needed to connect to source and I started reading a lot of Rumi I had all these books and I started going back to these books and what was interesting is I had a lot of metaphysical books that I didn't really understand before but I had them and this time I was understanding them I was like whoa so what was it like having like you going back to your dad you said your dad was psychic so what was it like mm -hmm. having somebody in the family that was psychic and how often did you lean into that and were you using that for part of this journey or I were you just kind of starting over fresh with the tools that you know you have inside of you versus leaning yeah. on somebody else to answer questions for you i didn't know that he was psychic i didn't oh. know if he even realized like the the gifts that he had I think he kind of knew but just he, a natural medical he, medium he, kind of person. exactly but he yeah, like it was in the blood but he had a lot of drug and alcohol problems mm -hmm. because he had a very 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 traumatic childhood mm -hmm. growing up so he had awful awful issues in drug and alcohol problems so I didn't really see him a lot I didn't really like I saw him a lot when I was real little but then it started to you know, I started, I started to disconnect from him. Mm -hmm. I started cause I saw, I saw the negativity. And so I purposely was like, started to mm -hmm. disassociate, disconnect from him in that way. I was like, Whoa, you're not a safe space. So my he, mom was though, luckily. So he wasn't, he wasn't a tool for you to use or something for you to back up no. on while you were going no, through. No, but you know, what's interesting now is at one of the healing circles I was at recently with um, Summer and she, she's like um, um, a teacher in the community and she was leading this medicine circle, it was cacao and, and we were, it was just a whole beautiful, all sorts of things were going on with this ceremony. And I was really struggling with something. I was kind of almost at a, a crisis point, kind of like the same intervention when you time when you came in. And I was feeling kind of in this emotional crisis. And I was at this healing circle. And it was really, really powerful for me. And I, it was great because I trust her and I love her. So when she came in, it was just, she brought the joy in. She's like, none of it fucking matters. And I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Thank you. Perfect. Like, that's exactly what shifted me. But at the same time, something like I felt my dad coming through more and more like and I've been feeling him mm -hmm. come through over the years, but I felt him come through so strong this mm -hmm. time, like more than ever. And then um, we paired up with some other healers that were there and we were doing this mirroring work. And I was like, I hope I get Michelle Citron. I hope I get Michelle Citron. She does a lot of sound healing in town. And I just, for some reason, something about it was like, I hope I get her. It turns out she has my dad's birthday. Right. Synchronicities. Yeah. So <laughs> after that, I felt like my dad merged with me. I felt like the gifts mm -hmm. like the sh that we share, I really felt him merge with me mm -hmm. and start to work through me. And Summer also recognized that. She goes, do you think you're dead? And so now... I feel like we're working in spirit together mm -hmm. when we yeah. weren't working in the physical plane yeah. together. <laughs> That's <interesting. laughs> right. That it was just time. Right. It was time for it. It was time. Uh -huh. Yeah. Bing. So Amazing. cut to like, I'm going through that dark and I'm like, wow. And I just floated for a while. I didn't know, you know, what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't know where I was going for a while. I was still trying to do music for a while. And, um, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. 
And I started thinking more and more about massage, but then I met my friend Godfrey, who's this amazing mm -hmm. healer who Alethea knows. And yeah. we've done Qigong at the ranch with her horses, uh -huh. and it's just really fun. And so many amazing things, but I met, I met him and, and I had some set, he's like, oh, I'm a shamanic, you know, uh, body worker practitioner. I'm like, sign me up. Because yeah. I was oh, already that. so familiar with all this, like, yeah, I need that. Yeah, thank you. And, and then it was just like, everything blew open. I, I was like, oh, we can cut cords to all this stuff. Oh, we can, like, I was like, oh, yeah. It was just, he, he calls himself a reminder now. And it was like reminding you, but putting action mm -hmm. to the cutting and the clearing, putting action and the body work. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, I need to go to massage school. And then I go to, and I'm like, why wasn't I in massage school sooner? Why haven't I been doing this? Like, it was like, mm -hmm. where has this been all my life? Well, it was the right time. Yeah. And, and it was just like, and then everything just blew open mm -hmm. and, and you know you know how it goes you keep taking classes mm -hmm. you keep expanding so learning. what modalities did you settle on which how many did you try and, and what did you what did you resonate the most with well um yeah so the massage and the body work was definitely the the foundation for me like you know putting my hands up like the dream it was like mm -hmm. i needed to put my hands mm -hmm. on people and um and then, you know, when you go to massage school, like you learn a lot of modalities, you like do cranial sacral, like you'll do some Thai, this one's the master Thai, and like the tie. she likes the Thai, <laughs> I like the Thai, and so you, you kind of go through all those modalities, and, and so you bring those tools, you start to put those tools into your toolbox, but... Um, so now I really lean on, I do lean on hands-on body work. I'm starting to lean more and more on the energy work mm -hmm. side and the, you know, guided. doing, yes, yeah. guided journey mm -hmm. with the with the whole thing. And, you know, with, bringing with in massage. bowls. So yeah. you do massage, you do a guided journey with the massage and yes. energy work all at the same time. Yes, which is what I had learned from my original teacher. And I realized a lot of my teachers after that mm -hmm. practice the same way. And, if somebody comes to you and they want to have all three of those things done at the same time, what's the best thing they can do to for, for their energy? Because you're working with a lot of energy. Is there anything that, that somebody can do before they come see you to either cleanse themselves or get themselves in a state of mind that allows you to do more of your work without uh, without interference or without right, walls? Right, right, right. Um, I mean, you know, you can always... Well, what I always recommend for people is hopefully that they're stretching and they're starting to drop in their into their body mm -hmm. to begin with you know maybe a soak a bath you know you can always clear yourself with sage there's so many ways to clear yourself so it is always a good idea to maybe start in in a space like that you know clear yourself with water and salt or however you want to but you on know, the other side of that too yeah. is like um i've had people ask or say like oh I, you know i wanted to see you but i was scared because i was like my energy was too bad mm -hmm. or i was in too much of a funk and i'm like but that's the best time to come so I don't think it, people should ever be deterred I've seen Dana when yeah. I've been like really down in the dumps or like yeah. having going through some some shit and yeah. like just needed that session you know so it's oh, like I say come as you are too come <laughs> as you are exactly um, yeah a lot of people show up like like <laughs> dragging themselves yeah. in because they're just I do that myself. Yeah. I'll show up dragging myself in. We're probably the worst. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been out of the sun yeah. for four months. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, 
So are there any other, uh, any other points that you want to hit on from the story standpoint, life and stuff like that that you want to share with us that, uh, current life stuff from, I feel like lately things with you have just like accelerated into this whole other level of healing yeah. and it's like insane yeah, um, yeah. watching you like come into what you're doing. I, I am getting goosebumps. Well, we, we should, yeah, I guess cause we, we've both had work by Dana and I can, I can say that her energy work is, is amazing. Like it was for me, um, I feel like I had a full blown psychedelic experience. Mm -hmm. Like I had, I got to talk, I mean, I already can channel, so that's that's not something new. But the channel was so open and clear when I was working with Dana. It was it was as if it, you know as if I was on a psychedelic. It was so mm -hmm. strong. And I mean, there's definitely levels to the to the connection of the energy and stuff like that. And when I worked with Dana, it was incredibly strong and it was moving. And I mean, I I cried for probably a half hour of you know the hour hour and fifteen that she did whatever it was. I, I cried for at least a, a third of it, and then I talked for another third to, to if not maybe even more than that just where I was having open communication and it was all about it was all interestingly about manifesting and this this massage was only I want to say like a month and a half ago something you like that you didn't see that one coming and I did it was well <laughs> then, then I so I'm not super into astrology I don't I don't understand astrology that deeply I've got family that are, that go so far down that rabbit hole I just haven't taken time to to get back involved with them but Alethea and Dana both are into astrology. <clears throat> and when I talked about, when, when I had that moment of manifesting, Alethea started talking about Lionsgate and, and what else was retrograde oh, was happening. All the, was, all the planets in the retrograde and the supermoons, just August in general, energetically was, and how powerful it is. She's yeah, our so astrology go-to. So I, got, I get my, my lesson on manifesting and how all, my, all the thoughts matter you know, about six weeks ago, and then I get into this, you know, a few weeks later, Alethe and I are talking, and then she gets into the, to the retrograde, the planets, and, and Lionsgate, and I go, oh, that's why the manifesting, I got mm -hmm. that message so strongly at that point in time, I didn't, I, I should follow astrology a little closer. Yeah. And yeah. I had a, a healing with Dana, um, the last healing that I had with Dana was not a massage, the one before that was an amazing massage around my horses, which was a whole other amazing thing. <laughs> but... <laughs> This massage was, uh, this um, session was over the phone, over FaceTime, and Dana was like, I want to do a shamanic guided session with you to just work on this stuff Practicing. I'm working on, I want to practice. And so we did it over FaceTime, and um, you know, you used the buffalo drum to yeah. start, yeah, she, there was a little bit of drumming and then some guidance, and we went down into the underworld, actually, and we met some people, or some, some souls there, and it ended up being one in particular on my spirit team um, that was able to talk to me and confirm one that I had seen him here on earth in an accident that I had had and he helped me in human form and disappeared which I knew but you know he confirmed that and two um, there was a message for me because lately I've been having these really vivid visions before I go to sleep that's not a dream yet but there are these people and faces that I don't know and I'm talking to them and I was like, who are these people? And he said, the work that you've been doing now makes us look like this to you. This is your direct communication to your soul team. So it's not whispers anymore. This is how our conversations are. And um, I mean, this was like a 30 minute session of her guiding me through that. So it's, and obviously we talk all, all the time about right. what you're doing we and, do. and seeing what you're doing is just, and how it's helping people is really like exploding, you know? It's all copacetic you, amongst us all right yeah, now. Yeah, if you're comfortable sharing it, you should tell people like what level of what you've done in your life to change it 
and you know when you say the work that you put in and where you're at now in communication with your guides like if, if you want to share it oh yeah well um this year in particular i've been going like light speed in different places um i just gutted my lifestyle i stopped drinking alcohol um the year before that um i had gotten out of a stagnant relationship that was very sad to leave but i needed to listen to myself and i just started my new year's resolution this year was to um start start listening to the whispers of my soul before they become screams mm. and so mm, i'm trying to make i am making actions sooner to what will be best for my higher self i'm not mm. perfect and i'm trying but it's the the levels that i've gone this year have made me feel really really tuned in and i have seen like very quick manifestations of things that I've been really well, wanting. You've given up, you've given up cigarettes, you've given up alcohol, All the things, you've cleaned, yeah. you've cleaned mm -hmm. out, you know, your clean eating, healthy mm -hmm. lifestyle, like mm -hmm. just, I mean, yeah. huge changes from, mm -hmm. I've only known you for going on two years. Mm -hmm. And immediately knew you were one of my sisters, one of my soul, oh, yeah. one of my soul tribe. <laughs> um, but the change, but the, the change from when, when I met you just two years ago yeah. to where we're at now, right now is just night and day. Oh, yeah. it's, it's it's a dramatic change, and yeah. you, you put in a lot of work. So, uh, getting to, to be able to talk with your guides and see your guides in the way that you do, like mm -hmm. that's that's a which gives, was gives me chills. It's pretty funny awesome. too because the massage I gave her before that, she saw we saw that spirit guide around her. Yeah, that, and then mm -hmm. when she went through the, into the journey, she said, oh yeah, there he is. And we were mm -hmm. like, there he was. He was, it was double confirmation. Yeah. Double confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it really feels like Source is coming through with, with the work anymore. Mm -hmm. It just really feels like, you know, it is Source work. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we like, you know, you're talking about how should people show up? Like, you know, we'll have clients like that, you know, they're, they go through these experiences, maybe it's like a rebirthing experience where like their hands start mm -hmm, clenching yeah. and they're contracting all over and they're like, they're going through this huge psychosomatic shift. And so they don't even know that they're gonna spontaneously go through that. And we don't know either when that mm -hmm. might happen for them. We don't know what's gonna come up in a session. So that's what keeps it really real because you just have to trust that you're there for a reason mm -hmm. and that God wouldn't give you anything you can't handle. Right. And so that's like how the work kind of just became to go. You know, sometimes it is just a regular body work session, but we always hope that it's all these other things as well. Is there a way that you were able to like get out of your own way as a practitioner and be more of a direct, like get into like channeling mm -hmm. messages for them or directly like giving to them what they needed. Did you have to work with getting out of your way on that as a healer or how did you just start doing that or get I better think, at it? Yeah, I think that I definitely had to know that I needed to be out of my way mm -hmm. and always stay humble about it mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. always ask, mm -hmm. at, like the prayer I was taught like at the very beginning of starting body work is calling on your guides mm -hmm. and their guides, calling on our angels, calling mm -hmm. on our guides, calling on our helpers, um, calling on source, God, God, whatever that is, calling on that at the very beginning to come in mm -hmm. and, and bring us through the session. So that helps me to get out of the way because I know, you know, I'm still there, like, you know, participating very much. But yeah, I would say that, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
the next thing I want to bring up is one of my is one of the, the my favorite things that we're going to start talking about is rabbit holes. Oh yeah. Okay. I want to, I want okay. to know what rabbit holes we're going all down. Right. And uh, well, so Dana no says this is since this is all about you. Here. Let's uh, let's go down. Maybe the white let's, rabbit. Let's, let's Dana, go, the Dana go. episode is the white rabbit. Of, of course. Let's go down. Uh, give us a couple the rabbit holes that you're, that you're going down right now, or a couple rabbit okay. holes you've been down that are fun. Good question. I like that. I like that question, DJ. That's going to be a fun. What rabbit holes am I going? I've been going down the shamanic journey rabbit hole mm -hmm. lately. Um, I took a really great, um, I call it course. She just, she, she likes to call it medicine circle. And um, with Summer Lee Plotnick, and hopefully we can bring her on the show too. So you're doing shamanic, you're, you're learning to actually to guide people on shamanic journey, which is what you did earlier, yes. right? But you're going through learning to do the guiding. Yeah, and like I already was kind of doing yeah. it before because um, my I feel first, like you've always done that. Right, exactly. Like I, my, my, like the first teacher who taught me that, Godfrey, like, he does it, so then I would bring it in too, right? Mm -hmm. So it does feel like I've always been doing it, and this is just doing it in a different way. Mm -hmm. So like you said, the last episode, like we're always learning from each other. So mm -hmm. I like, so there's certain people I gravitate toward, and I'm like, ooh, what can I learn from them? Ooh, what can I learn from mm -hmm. them? Because I see, I respect them and their work, so then I want to see, mm -hmm. like, you know, Get so, into that juice. What do you uh, What do you see coming out of your juices? <laughs> I want to get in your juices. I get into those juices. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you see uh, How do you see shamanic journey and and guiding? How do you see that helping people? Um, I see it helping people um, switch over their mindset, like being able to like stay in your conscious mind but being able to understand that you can switch your conscious mind over into maybe like a more theta state like we were talking about or just being able to access different parts of your mind and your awareness so that because when they're laying on a massage table and they're thinking over and over again about all their bullshit and you can see them thinking on your table and that's why we always like to have them breathe a lot. Mm -hmm. So like breath work comes a lot into the practice and breathing is so important. Um, so we're trying to get them out of that like repetitive mind, repetitive mental pattern or, or just wherever they're, they're at now that they're coming to sh help. It helps them to shift. Mm -hmm. It helps them to shift into a different um, state of consciousness mm -hmm. that might be more of a higher vibration for them and being able for them also to access their higher self and their intuition, you know, helping them access all that makes their healing that much more powerful and creative. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they see that it's all in their hands now. So is this is this a, uh, awakening the third eye at all, or is this does this focus on that at all? Or how does... um, I would definitely say that that pineal gland, that third eye process, is connecting to this process. I would have to study that and look it up to to like look at people meditating and how it affects the pineal. I know I know there's tons of research mm -hmm. on it, but I'm going to say that's definitely involved for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Well, shamanic journey sounds like something like that, but what you were describing is, it sounded a little, I was going, well, where's the, the shamanic part of this? Because, you know, consciousness, sense of self, oh, things okay. like that. That didn't sound so shamanic to me, but I was just curious kind of okay. um, to understand more of it. So I, shamanic, so for the, in this, in this way, it's um, a certain tradition, a certain way that they like to journey. And there's, there's, um, there, this is just the way that they do it. Mm -hmm. And so you'll, 
they'll take you on a journey to the underworld or you'll go on a journey to the upper world. The middle, middle world, according to a, a certain shamanic viewpoint, is the middle world is us living here in this world. Mm -hmm. And you don't want a journey in the middle world because there's tricksters and there's Trixies and, you know, <laughs> probably some entities you really don't want to mess around with so much. And so you want to kind of go into a lower world. You'll see benevolent um, helpers, spirit animals, things like that, um, to get to gain answers for yourself. So the the shaman or the the leader, the guide is is usually using a drum, mm -hmm. and they do 220 beats per minute. And so that also it kind of, is, it kind actually. of like makes your body check out or your mind. Is that what the I kind think of like so? Lets yeah. you get into more of like a trance. Yes, situation. exactly. It puts mm -hmm. it starts to put mm -hmm. your mind into that. Yeah, that would be that frequency mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. So you, and so you're 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 kind of given a set of guidelines before you go in to the journey, either to the upper world or lower world, and you go on the journey all on your own. It's not guided. Mm -hmm. So like sometimes. So like before, it was usually more of a guided journey. This is this this type of journey is more you're just letting them go and visualize on their journey, and then you tell them there's going to be a call back on the drum. It's going to be three beats, three beats, three beats, and then a chaotic rapid beat. And they know to to bring their soul back into their body. And usually, we've seen people come back with really beautiful answers for mm -hmm. themselves. And like her experience, she talked to her guides mm -hmm. and got a lot of answers and. So that's what makes it a shamanic journey, as far as I know right now. Mm -hmm. I'm just, uh, that particular type of journey, I'm just getting into, really. Yeah, but it's pretty, it's, it's blown me open in that my psyche and my psychic abilities have gotten a lot stronger yeah, since definitely. going on these journeys. Yeah, I see that. Right? It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Just the dreams, you know, it's like fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely living multi-dimensionally mm -hmm. right now, aren't we? It's yeah. like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, we're all talking about it all the time, by the way. Like, yeah. we'll all talk for hours upon hours upon hours about this, which is also why we're doing this podcast, is because we, we can talk yeah. for six hours straight about all of this. We don't small talk or bullshit. So, Alethea, what rabbit holes are you going down right now? Oh, man. Well, I've been, a, a lot of it is really, like, direct communication to spirit, you know, sitting in that and, like, um, finding my answers quicker, uh, receiving the downloads and and saying them when I need to say them, you know, not holding myself back for fear of judgment or what people would think or overstepping, you know, um, I feel like it's just, like, this constant, like, streamlining of soul to body that I'm in, which feels quicker, and it's it's been rad. And I've been going down a yoga rabbit hole. I've been, I started yoga teacher training, and I feel like uh, that's just something that is like Dana with um, massage school, you know, it's like something I probably should have always been doing, and it goes with my Thai massage and everything, and it's gonna help me to stay on uh, the track I wanna stay on with my body and my mind. But yeah, I think the biggest one is just trying to live more of my authentic self and trying to help people live theirs yeah that's a, you know that's a good rabbit hole to go down i spent mm -hmm. a lot of time on that one myself yeah 
or, or aliens. That's the rabbit hole. <laughs> My husband's going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> or, or, the aliens are. No, I wasn't going to bring up aliens yet, but yeah. You can have me in on the show. Oh, dude. The, the alien thing is so interesting that, that everybody has come out. That we're, now we're admitting, like, at the government level, uh-huh. that there's aliens yeah, and we've been visited. Yeah. And then it makes people, like, first of all, there is, like, I, I don't know how many people, I had at least four or five people say, uh-huh. Nobody cared. Nobody even made a big deal with that. Yeah, so and it was like, like, well, that, that. And, and I said that to somebody else. I was like, yeah, nobody cared. And they're like, we all already knew. Yeah. Like, of course there's aliens. Like, no, that's what I, I said. All of us like, already kind of had a feeling it was happening. <clears throat> like, everybody knows somebody that's got a, yeah. a, a UFO story. So yeah. it was like, I, I just looked at it. I'm like, okay, so now that the government's admitted, <laughs> it's like, wait, what are they? There's covering something up. Now it's like, wait, they can't just be coming out and telling us the truth. It's got to be something. And then there's that rabbit hole. And then there's that rabbit hole. Wait a minute. Why? What are you distracting us from? Huh? It didn't really work, did it? That's the aliens one. I can't like. When I was a kid, I saw something in the sky. It was like it looked like a like a boomerang is the best I can describe it. But it was so far out in the sky, it was like it was just a little bit bigger than what the stars looked like. It was like maybe five stars wide. And I saw this little thing, and I told my dad, I was like, oh my gosh, I saw something. And he's like, he looked at me, he's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, wow. I'm like, I didn't. I'm like, no, I did. I definitely did. I saw something. I never had any, that's the only <laughs> only kind of run in I've ever had anything like that. And it was, I was like, I saw something tiny. And maybe it wasn't no, nothing. Maybe, maybe I didn't see anything. Like, I don't have any, I have no experience with like a UFO or yeah. extraterrestrial that I've ever, so I don't have, I, but I assume they're out there. I mean, oh, yeah. The, the universe is too big. I think I remember listening to um, Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking and he was talking about the size of the universe mm-hmm. and how many he goes how many planets that we you know we thought there's only nine planets and now he's like we can see suns everywhere and behind the suns are planets and he's like there's millions and millions if not billions and billions of planets and he's like there's got to be other life out there so i when they came out and said it i was like yeah yeah okay yeah. I mean, think about me. our beliefs, yeah. about our spirituality and religion. We're, we're crazy. We think oh, yeah. a lot of weird shit. <laughs> yeah, we so, told them what we were thinking. <laughs> we told them what we, what we were covering up from them. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is what we think we know that we're not telling you. Actually, we're going to tell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's about. But this actually, we will. Tell you. Um, so, rabbit holes besides, uh, besides aliens for me is I got into, I read the book called Theta Healing recently that really got me, got my mind, like, like kicking. I was like, what is possible here? And theta healing um, is this idea that you can go into a theta state, which is a brainwave state. You've got alpha, gamma, beta, theta, and there's one other one that I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyways, if you get into this theta state, your brainwaves in this theta state, which is four to seven hertz per minute, I believe, um, that your brain is, is like rotating at or oscillating at. If you can get into this state and you can do manifesting at this state, you can do healing on other people at this state or, that are locked in with you and in the theta state as well is what this book claims. And I'm fascinated by it because I, I have been doing uh, a lot of meditation lately. That's mm-hmm. my other rabbit hole is meditation with yeah. sound bowls or with the, you know, singing bowls. Uh, listening to the didgeridoo uh, with shamanic drumming mm-hmm. that's running at it like a like five you know five beats mm-hmm. it's real slow so it's meant to, it's all designed to slow the brain waves and right. I find myself I get into these deep meditative states I've been I've been meditating from anywhere from forty five minutes to an hour and a half at a at a whack and when I get into these states I can I think that I'm and I, I wish I had the headgear to tell if you were in that mm-hmm. theta state what the brain waves were actually at but I get right into that almost dream state and I catch myself and I'm trying to train my 
my brain to not be so surprised when I get there and when I come out of it to just be calm and, mm -hmm. and then take it in because I can see some of the visions that I take in or just mm -hmm. throw. Sometimes, yes. Yeah, sometimes it's usually, usually for the most part, when I see stuff in my closed eye, like visual, it's mostly like darks, you know, purples, and I can see shapes being formed out of the purples. Mm -hmm. But then I get into this space where all of a sudden it just comes, becomes like perfectly clear. Like mm -hmm. you When see, you're like, in that space, yeah. are you getting like downloading feelings or knowings? Because I get that, like, or are you getting like, anything audio or are you my focus you... has been in the theta to get into the theta state and the manifesting so i've been yeah. uh, i went under like sitting I said, in a feeling kind of thing yeah where i'm actually i'm um, um, rather than sitting in a feeling i get to that space when i realize that okay i've gotten kind of gotten that wake up where i was like okay kind of kind of faded there for a second when i get there i start thinking of everything i want and i start saying it to myself as if, as if i've already got it mm -hmm. so i'm like that's in this is these are new things that i've that i've um, ever since dana massage me that the, mm -hmm. the manifesting thing came up so I for these last six weeks or so I've been going deep down that rabbit hole trying to understand what do I control how much I can control mm -hmm. and I think it's you know I knew I had a certain amount of control but I think there's way more control than I realized yeah. mm -hmm. and I think that the manifesting it's like the, the message that I got when I was sitting on the table with Dana was that every thought matters and that oh. if I were to look at 75% of my thoughts it's got me exactly where I'm at right now Fuck and I yeah. looked at him and I was like Oh shit. That ain't mine. That ain't, yeah, that's, that's what I said too. I was like, dude, if I go back and look at my thought processes, I'm like, I am right where Absolutely. I put myself. And mm -hmm. I, so, it, so now I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I want to, I want to. Observing consciousness. Some, mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to observe mm -hmm. myself, you know, creating and manifesting a, a new reality, something that's even cooler than this one. And this one's pretty fucking huh. cool. Get I'm not going to lie. This is, this is, this is one of when the cooler existences I've ever had. That's what I say every, I said it since I was young, man. I think this is my favorite life. Wow. I mean, wow! This is the one. This is my favorite one I can remember. I I'll tell you that. that. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Wow. All right. Well, we've been at this. For, I don't even know how long, but that, was, uh, that was a few minutes, and we're gonna do Alethea next. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we could keep doing it forever, but so <laughs> should we? Should we gong out? Yeah. Uh, closing this out. Was it out? Namaste, everybody. Thank you for listening. You can find us at observingconsciousness.com. Thank you for being. Thank you for being with us. Light and love to everybody. Keep following us. We're going to talk about all sorts of